we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of West Underground. Today we are here and we are joined by the one, the only, the large Mirage. How are you guys? Pretty good. Very good. Oh, that's the way. And uh, and you guys, you guys, uh, you played a gig last night, I heard. Yeah, yeah it was right. uh, quite last minute, but uh, yeah, we joined Avalanche at the Vanguard, you know, two days you know, before the gig, but no, we got there. That's the way, man. That's the way to do it. And you guys, is, you've come out of uh, the lo- our, you know, our most recent little thing swinging. That's good. Is this the was this the first gig for the for you know in a in a while or was this? Yeah, uh, we've actually been doing like we've been doing about a gig a month for the past past couple of months. So we we did come out of lockdown like with a couple of gigs up our sleeve. Um, not up our sleeve, but like yeah. a couple of gigs <laughs> straight after. And but then yeah, so we've just sort of been taking it as it comes, really. Um, so yeah, we've been doing a couple. We've been pretty lucky because we sort of um really formed at the start of COVID, and we've actually been able to keep quite a steady run of gigs going the whole time. With um with the started with the Sunday set list really for us, and the whole time even with some of the heavier restrictions we've still been able to play the seated shows and we've i think really for a band that started in covid without any followers to begin with we've done quite well to keep keep the gigs rolling the whole time really yeah yeah that's good man if you're able to get a gig during like you know this 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 i don't know what would you even call it this time in the world like you know that that yeah. that is yeah. massive props to you guys yeah, it's pretty. It, we've been pretty lucky. I feel yeah. like a number of our gigs, we were just really on edge about what was going to happen. Yeah. Um. You know, and sometimes it has, you know, not been the best experience, but in the end, it's it's worked pretty well. We man- managed to get some sort of uh, momentum and following. Yeah, even though it's been pretty bad for our, you know, for our whole thing. So. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I like, I'm glad that you boys have kept the train rolling like throughout this. Like imagine, I'm just trying to imagine myself in your, your set of circumstances, like, you know, starting a band and then the, the biggest pandemic to hit the world in like the last, you know, 80 years happens and you guys have managed to keep it together, you know, keep productive and, you know, keep your sanity throughout the, uh, you know, this, this, you know, one off one in a hundred year event. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't really know another way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is all we know. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of like this is the reason we've kept our sanity to a degree. Yeah. I think. Yeah, oh, that's good, yeah, man. Much. And shout out to Paul, like for going last night and telling me about you guys yeah. and like hooking this all up. You know, you yeah, there, Paul? Yeah. You... yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. I just I saw you guys first um, when you guys opened for Wicked Things about two months ago at the Highway Bikini Bar. And yeah. yeah. I was just hooked straight away. Just the guitar movement and the thunder of the drums from John Bonham on the <laughs> Oh, it's, it's just looking at John Bonham, Hamish. He just plays like him. Unbelievable. There was a there was a word going around on a gig that it was it's like Ringo Starr, but he played like John Bonham. <laughs> uh, so look, weird. hey, they're they're some of the best names out there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. say no, yeah. but no, I don't know you, about that. you you, you <laughs> hit them like John Bonham, though, which is good. Yeah, um, so yeah. I see the Ringo mustache you've got going there, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been very unintentional. I grew the hair out and then thought, no, nah, I'll give a mo-, a mo a go. 
And uh, I had a guy come up last night and say, like, wow, like you like you you play a lot of like bottom licks, and then like you know you've got your <laughs> you've got the bottom look as well. And I'm like, oh my god, I did I, this has not been planned, but you know it's it's worked it worked out that way. Yeah, man, the greatest drummers have mustaches. What's the go there? Does it help <laughs> yeah. with the drumming? <laughs> yeah, it's aerodynamic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh man, uh, if you don't bring your brushes, you can just get down there with your mustache. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's no, pretty uh, old. Yeah, it's uh, definitely Bonham, a unique sound. Bonham played with his hands. Daniel played with his face. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, well, like you know. In the guitar world, what the, you know, that's what Hendrix did, but you know, but with his teeth. But I suppose you're bringing it one step further. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could play guitar with my mo. I can't do it with my hands. So, but uh, drums, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah, why not, man? Be the first. Be original. Be yourself. I think. I yeah. think. I think. I think that would be something to see. I think people would talk about that if you just if like one big crash, you just went for it with the face. If yeah. if, if I could get. <laughs> An audible enough noise? Why not? I'd give it a go, but I don't know. We'll see. Just brush it against the microphone. That'll oh. work. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. Bit of big ASMR. Yeah. You'd have to do it at the end, man, because it'd be like it'd be a showstopper from sure. You'd have to, you oh, know, yeah. it'd be a real showstopper if you didn't gain consciousness and you'd accidentally knocked yourself out. Then it, you know, because the show would be stopped. Yeah, if we get called for an encore. <laughs> then that's what i'll do <laughs> mo solo yeah <laughs> fang fangs ripped the strings out of the guitar to end the show i think you should just jump into a you know into a snare drum or something with your mustache oh man if if, yeah, if i could afford so to strange. you know what why not yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it, it, yeah. yeah it depends how well the gig's paying <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but... yeah because yeah, you don't want like your head to go through the snare for... If we get a bonus for broken drum heads flamboyantly, absolutely, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> awesome. nice. Any drum sponsors out there? Yeah. <laughs> just, just make sure it's not not the house toms. They'll be pretty. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll use my own. If people are going to give me drum heads, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're sponsored by it, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And um, and like one other question I don't think we've touched on yet. We went straight into the heavy questions, but like how did you guys meet and how did you guys form? Well, um, Blake and I met um, through uh, – we were in a band – maybe maybe you'd be better off explaining that, Blake. Yeah, so um, I had my personal project uh, before Large Mirage called The Moonshakes. Um, and I'd just seen, I just knew Collie, you know, you join these Facebook groups and whatnot. And it always just, he's sort of fairly local at the time. He was in the mountains and I, I knew of Collie um, pretty much. And I got him on board playing with the Moonshakes for a while. And uh, things sort of changed with that. And then I leave it to Collie after, after he was done with the Moonshakes. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So, yeah, we've been in the Moonshakes. Well, I've been in the Moonshakes for a little bit and we had done a mini tour and stuff and I sort of wanted to get my own project um, on the road, which I've been trying to do for a while, um, actually like a pretty long time before that, but had really struggled, um, you know, to sort of get any sort of momentum going with it. Um, 
but yeah, then when I was with the Moonshakes, I I saw Blake as like as such a good fit, um, you know, for for that for the whole vibe that I was looking for, and so yeah, we got chatting about it, and so we decided to to get something going, and then we did a bit of a a carousel of drummers <laughs> until um, this is actually this is just before the first lockdown, but uh, in twenty twenty. And then that lockdown happened. Um, and so coming out of that lockdown, I'd, I'd known of Daniel because I'd, I had jammed with one of his friends. Um, I didn't know him personally, but I got in touch with him um, through one of these Facebook groups as well. Um, and, or he got in touch with me actually, or something, mm-hmm. I can't remember. No, one, <laughs> um, yeah, one of the two. Yeah. And yeah, and so he came and jammed with us and we we just yeah hit it off straight away as as a three-piece and it was just like at that moment it was like well this is this is it this is you know going to be the the basic core of our band so um yeah we did that and then uh we'd actually released a single with uh with with a different drummer before daniel joined a guy called bailey brown um and Daniel joined us as a permanent band and was shortly after. And then we started playing gigs really quickly as well. Um, and then it just, it just happened. So yeah, that's basically the story. And really, I would just like to comment on how, um, how perfect it kind of felt as well when it first started. Like we played with Bailey and Bailey's a killer drummer and we rehearsed with a guy named Ethan and like it all felt good. It was all, you know, quite capable music, but just the chemistry of when Daniel joined us and having those common kind of influences and having that same sort of style. And I, I remember that first rehearsal and just being like, if I'm allowed to say it, yeah, fuck, this is, <laughs> yeah. Like he kind of finished, finished smashing away, had a couple Mo splashes and we're like, yeah, <laughs> all right. Yeah, this is, this is good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, when I remember, I remember coming and I heard, uh demos that collier had sent me and i and it was with bailey drumming and i said wow god this this guy's really really good i'm gonna have to just you know do my best and see what i can do and um as soon as we started jamming it was like wow this is like this is the music i listen to this is what i want to do and these guys are fantastic at it and yeah straight away with improvisational stuff and everything like that it just started it just worked and so, yeah, more and more so that's gotten better as, as you do, as you play with people more and more. But from the start, there was, there was definitely a great synergy. Yeah, well, that's something good, man. Hold on to that and just write it as, you know, far as you can. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, like, who, who are you guys influenced by? Oh, well, I mean... Just look at him, Hamish. Look at him. That's it. <laughs> oh, no, he's got a fantastic hair, Paul. <laughs> Well, look at all of us. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're very, very heavily sixties and seventies um, oriented. You know, I, I grew up with sixties music, um, basically, uh, like sixties pop and and sort of. But the thing I really gravitated towards was the late uh, late sixties psychedelic rock and roll bands and yeah so that that's kind of all of all of us really together we're just influenced by those guys like uh you know hendrix and 
Cream, Led Zeppelin, huge, obviously. Um, the Who, Deep Purple, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah, the yeah, best. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say we could we could start on the names, and I'm sure we could all name this podcast will go for well too long if we begin to name what those influences influences are. But there's little bits and pieces that obviously as a musician we each take in little parts of our as you do you compile your influences and you put your own thing on it but uh yeah it's all all that era very much just a lot of a lot of everything and as you've seen in our set you know we go into like those swing 12 bar blues kind of pieces that feel almost more like a canned heat or like a 10 years after sort of sped up thing we've done jams that people have said sound like zz top like it's sort of all of all of that we all each have our own little piece as you do and it yeah. just works nice guys like that that's the best uh that's the best uh time period of music in my opinion to be influenced from and just in general to listen to it's just the best but um yeah. have you found as well like is it hard being a three-piece or is it easier being a three-piece because you've got you know less people to rely on um if if i if i can comment my um my previous band the moonshakes when collier joined us we were uh kind of um fluctuating between five and seven piece band and um collier's guitar was just a bit too busy for a bigger band as sort of thing where like everyone has their own little piece and it's really simple and it works together but i could see from when collier started playing like he takes up a lot of space and that's why it really works we can all just we all need to take up a lot of space so that's why i think it's really freeing for me yeah. being new to bass as well sort of just picking up bass for large mirage i can just i've got a lot of space to fill so it gives me a lot of uh yeah space for creativity to just go and that's just it like we all get to showcase quite a lot because there is that space yeah. and like again there's like an ebb and flow that kind of moves around throughout like a, a track or whatever but um yeah as a result i think yeah the, the more members like you can absolutely again it depends on the project like it's a very general statement to say it but like too many chefs i think can be a, a thing but i think with three it's worked brilliantly yeah i i reckon i reckon three is is hard because you've either got not enough indians and too many chiefs or too many indians and not enough chiefs it's either yeah. it's a 50 50 battle but you know if it's working for you guys you know that's 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 amazing and yeah i mean i always think like when when somebody's a three-piece band it also must be great too because there's less gear to lug to the like to the venue oh and there's less people to do it i suppose yeah but. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no nah, it's yeah we've never had a, too much drama there yeah yeah well that that's 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 fucking fantastic man and like um and who like who who writes the songs in your band like do you all do it as a three or is it one guy coming to the band and going I got a song and you and you kind of flesh it out with each other or you kind of going all right boys let's write a song and we'll start that way i think it's predominantly collier i would say um he comes to us with ideas and like we'll end up jamming them out and stuff like that but i mean i'll let collier talk about it he's he's definitely the guy writing writing a lot of these tunes yeah well i i it's it sort of started off like that um because you know it, it sort of started off sort of more as my sort of passion project so it was you know I was, I was sort of bringing songs songs to the group and you know it was my song that we first recorded and stuff and I, I suppose that still is mostly the case 
now like um but we have we have done like we have written together affair and like a lot of a lot of our songs like a lot of the songs that i bring to the band like they're in, they're very incomplete um yeah. so like it, it it really like it's it's more just like a springboard for for ideas that we can come up with as a group um and so i mean that that sort of has seen to to become more of a trend and there are actually we have written one or two songs completely um as a group starting off as as a sort of group jam and stuff yeah and we're, we're sort of doing that um more and more yeah but uh yeah most of our set right now is is sort of um my like started as my songs yeah and it tends to be like those two tracks that were sort of written as a group were sort of you know when we're rehearsing and we tend to get a bit carried away with improvising and somewhere in there when something sticks there's a riff there's whatever kind of at the most basic sense of a song there's something there that we recall to begin the next song it seems to be that it's just those those improvisations where someone plays something and it it really makes sense and we build off that that's the way to do it just jam until you find a you know a little a little a little nugget of gold and then you know then go mining yeah yeah pretty much i think that's I the most like the... oh sorry, sorry you go, Matt. all right i was just gonna say i also like the fact that the two of you um sing in the same song too so you take like verse by verse and you both exactly same sound the same as well so it's just it's just a great like you it just sounds like the same person but last night there was a few i think there's like two or three songs where you both sung like one verse each and it just sounded the same and i thought that was like a really good idea so everyone has a share um share work into all the songs yeah well this, this is a discussion we're having the other night with colin who's just discussing that um i'm probably of the three the least capable to sing but mm. have three capable enough singers that have a some some sort of different characteristics or different tonal qualities and collier was just expressing how that's something that we should play on more like paul said it's great to see mm. you know a few different vocalists and and i'm not saying that it is the case at all with a band that has a single vocalist but just to let there be those different different uh yeah tonal qualities different timbres of vocal throughout the set are you are you yeah. doing harmonies yet, boys, or are you still working on it? <laughs> well, <we're>, uh, <laughs> it's a tender point. <laughs> I mean, uh, like we're we're trying to be Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we uh, we actually do a fair few harmonies in in our songs. Um, yeah. Uh, live live, it's it's harder yeah um, for sure so like, <laughs> i can't say that we're a harmony based band yeah but um but we do yeah i mean we love we love harmonies like yeah. and you know although none of us is like uh like like truly proficient uh like as as vocalists um we really enjoy that aspect of yeah of performance uh yeah that sound and everything so um yeah we do a fair bit of harmonies uh live we're hoping in the studio they'll come out better <laughs> yeah <laughs> well even when we're rehearsing like we'll we'll practice harmonies and occasionally we'll be like oh okay that sounded great and then yeah 
it, once it goes on stage and you're playing your instrument as well and stuff like that, it, it, it goes a little bit. But, um, yeah, it's something we're working on. Do any of you boys have stairs in your house? I do, currently. You do? Yeah. Well, when if when you when you're home, invite the boys over, and that's I think that's probably the <laughs> best way to practice. Or in the if all if you've got someone, one of you has like a massive bathroom or a room with nothing in it, and you can all kind of hear your voices echo together, or just anywhere where there's heaps of reverb, I think is probably the the best place to start. You're right because yeah. it sounds a little bit more forgiving if you've got a bit of reverb in there. <laughs> that's true. You know, that's true. You know, <laughs> And then you get your confidence <laughs> up, up up a little bit if you're wanting if you're wanting to start. That's anyone who I've talked to who's got fantastic harmonies amongst each other. I'm like, how do you do it? And that's the secret. Um, I actually was speaking to a, uh, his name's Perry. He does the Chippendale Hotel. He does the audio there. But he mentioned the idea to me, which is a great idea, but I think will also look very strange. Is um, yeah. he said uh, having your vocals in the monitor pretty strong and not much out of front of house and he said that way you can practice your harmonies live without without just <laughs> destroying the song <laughs> but um i think it would be real strange to see a guy up on the microphone and belting it out and nothing coming out of front of house i think everyone <laughs> would look at each other like is what's wrong here <laughs> oh man you never know unless you try i suppose just I, I will say like like just commenting on the sound last night at the gig last night it was one of the few times where I thought I can actually really, really hear my voice very, very clearly. And as a result, like, I think they were a bit sharper. So I think that's always a thing at a, at a live gig, depending where you're playing, you're going to get venues where your, your ability to hear yourself yeah. sing is not going to be great unless you've got like your own monitors and stuff like that, which, you know, baby steps. But um, yeah, no, uh, I think that's a, a big thing. Yeah. How do you play drums and sing, man? Like... <laughs> uh struggle uh it's uh like generally the bits where i'm singing is where the drumming really dies down quite a lot so that helps a lot but it is it's it's hard it is yeah. hard. that's during the cover song you guys play don't you Will you sing during that cover yeah song? yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. In, um, everyone's a winner everyone's a winner. Oh, he sounded good it was good I oh like thank that. you man. That was a good version yeah it, we we were mucking around with it um in a jam session and collier was like God, it's a shame this is a disco tune. It's such a good riff. <laughs> I didn't and... say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, disco tune, is it? Wow. Someone but, else um, said that. I was just repeating it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, he uh he yeah, he was playing around with the with the riff and yeah, it sounded fantastic. So it just turned mm. into a jam as it always does. Yeah. And we were like, we should we should run this. We we should genuinely give it a go. And it's the response has always been really, really good. Yeah. Um yeah, you get people singing along and yeah. We're it like we've done it a couple of times at Frankie's, for example, where the the crowd's gone nuts for it. Yeah, it's a song you don't really hear that gets covered, and that's why it sounds better when it does get heard. Yeah, because you always get the generic songs that are covered. Like, oh yeah, I've heard this one before, and it's good when it's a good version. But when you hear a cover song that it rarely gets heard, it, it's more exciting. You hear it like yeah, well. it's the bright side. I hear very very ah, often. I'm glad I don't yeah. hear that stuff. No. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, yeah. So you don't. So we can't. We're not going to expect a psychedelic version of Mr. Brightside anytime soon. <laughs> there's unless, not, yeah, there's one, not enough guitar parts for Coolio. <laughs> yeah, unless, uh, there's, there's no guitar part, and everyone's a winner. Oh, actually, sorry. there is. Never mind. Oh, well, yeah. there's, a, there's a riff, but not a solo. Put a solo yeah, in there anyway. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter. Your solos are a riff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Oh man. But um Collie, this one, this one's just for you, mate. Like Collie, how how do you uh how many guitars do you have, mate? Uh how many I own one. Like you own one. Uh at the moment, yeah. Oh dude. I, I thought you were gonna have like a full collection. I thought it was good. No, well I I I um I splurged on the one guitar that I have, so oh okay. <laughs> All right. Nice, um, I, yeah, I I have I have a couple of QC guitars. <laughs> yeah. Um. With you know, I suppose you should own a good guitar. Like a QC guitar is the guitar that I play the most. I think you should sort of own a good one. Yeah. Of the guitar that you play the most, I suppose. Um. But yeah. No, my guitar is solitary. It's actually got me. In, it actually got me into trouble.